great regret because I probably spilled more ink in the Washington Post than any human being defending Donald Trump during his presidency. Mm -hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a never Trumper, but the election denial put people over the edge. Yeah. And, the, the, and at some point, the voters said, we don't, this is, we, we don't want the chaos. We, we, we want conservative. They loved, they, in 2020, voters didn't reject Trumpism. They rejected Trump. Yeah. Uh, Mark Thiessen, a uh, longtime writer for The Washington Post, probably the sole journalist at The Washington Post who backed Trump during the day on Fox. Fox's take last night. He wasn't the only one on Fox, by the way, saying, listen, man, we got to step away from Trump. We really, really do. It's election denial. And I agree with what he said. And I'll tell you why. Because it's what I've been thinking for a long time anyway. I've said it here on the show to much consternation. I always get, uh, I, I get leery sometimes when I feel like I want to speak the truth or what I believe to be the truth when maybe not everybody here in this room will agree with me. Are you listening in your car here to wake up mid-Missouri? Uh, and even if you believe that there was a, a, a election fraud to the point that it could have overturned the 2020 election, it's just something it's not worth talking about. And we'll go back to all of those. Hey, here in our room, in our chamber, yep, we're on board with this, we're on board with that. But it's independent voters, it's the in-betweeners, it's the folks that are undecided. Uh, and j somebody said here on the show yesterday, can't we take, and that's why I'm loving Ron DeSantis 2024, can't we? We can take Trump's policies and put those in the White House, and we don't need Trump to do it. Fox, uh, Fox's Mark Thiessen, not the only one going after Trump. On Fox yesterday, Kaylee McEnany, former Trump press secretary, uh, saying, dude, please don't don't make any kind of announcement here in the next couple of weeks. I know there's a temptation to start talking about 2024. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. 2022 is not over. Great point. Every Republican energy needs to go to grinding the Biden agenda to a halt. And that yeah. could go straight through the state of Georgia. Great point. Does that include Trump? I think he needs to put it on pause. Absolutely. Look, he'll, he'll make that decision. He'll make his own decision. But does he go to if Georgia? I'm advising any contender, DeSantis, Trump, whomever, no one announces 2024 until we get through December 6th. And the reference there to December of 2022 is coming up December 6th. It's the big runoff in Georgia. Here's where we are, bottom line this morning, nationwide, watching for control of the Senate. It looks like, although not official, looks like Republicans should control the House. I don't think quite official yet, but the Senate, three big races we're still keeping an eye on. We're still holding out hope. And Georgia, it appears that about 99% of the vote is in. Nobody got 50%, so we are, I think everyone is agreeing that we are going to a runoff. Now, when we were talking about Greitens and some of the other races and ranked choice voting, I said, you know, I don't know that I love ranked choice voting, but I kind of like the idea of a runoff. Because if, if somebody, you know, I don't like the idea of someone getting elected with 35% of the vote, right? Um, but here, I mean, both candidates, 49.2 and 48.7, and a runoff at this point just seems like a huge waste of money. Now, granted, Warnock is in the lead, so maybe here I really do want the runoff. But, <laughs> you know, I'm wondering if Missouri, so so I'm in thinking about Missouri, because we have been talking about how we um, potentially change our elections, I think I would be in support of a runoff if you didn't get like 45 or 40, because the independent candidate essentially is a spoiler here and only got 2.1. I think people, I just, I, I feel like it's a waste of money and the rest of us are just basically going to be sitting around watching and waiting for Georgia to do their thing. And we're still waiting, by the way, uh, ranked choice voting. Uh, I don't know if anybody has followed because this has kind of gone under the radar. Sarah Palin is losing her rear end big time uh, in Alaska, unless that ranked choice voting comes through for her, but she's, I think last 
check, like 47-27. Uh, she's losing big time. A whole other discussion about the candidates that have been picked for some of these races. I don't believe that it was all ranked choice voting that's, that's not supporting Sarah Palin. I think there's a solid argument to be made. You know, your time is gone. We really need to move to just a different vibe of a Republican, and Sarah is not it. Well, and also running under the radar, and we've only got about, let's see, uh, in Nevada, um, one site saying about 80% of the vote in, but they actually have a ballot measure in Nevada to implement ranked choice voting, and I think currently it's winning. So although they're, they don't have ranked choice now, they could be voting to get it in the next cycle, and there it's still, um, Laxold is up, so I think people are hopeful um, up by, you know, a fair, a fair amount. He's at 49.4 versus 47.6. Um, the Arizona's really close and they've, they've still, it looks like they've got 76% of the vote. I, you have to wonder, Florida can count millions and millions mm-hmm. of votes in three hours and we're on like, we're going to be on like day three. And in fact, I saw some tweets yesterday that were like, it might be into next week. Do you know too, um, we have to give kudos to our election judges here in Missouri and our poll workers and our secretary of state, Jay Ashcroft. We've, we don't have these issues here in Missouri. They get the they they had the results done at uh at basically 11 o'clock which is huge stephanie to your point too about what's happening in in nevada laxalt's numbers look look really good um and we'll see what happens in georgia but something that has not been reported very much about the new york governor's race that i think is worth pointing out you know uh the, the media says well the 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 current governor won yes she did she carried 13 counties out of 62 he won almost all the counties in that state. They flipped four congressional districts to the Republican side. They, there, there hasn't been a Republican that has run that strong. They brought Bill Clinton in, Obama, you name it. Not since Nelson Rockefeller. That was an amazing campaign. He just, in the end, he just, the bottom line is New York City had too many Democrat voters um, for him to win statewide. But that was a, they flipped four seats. That's huge. It is. And on the vote counting, I saw this tweet last night and it literally made me laugh out loud. This guy on Twitter named Eric said, you have a device in your pocket that can communicate with satellites so that you can order tacos in your undies, <laughs> but we can't count ballots. And I thought, that's, that's a fair point. I don't understand. You know, we should get Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft down to Arizona to give them a lesson. <laughs> I thought this was funny. Uh, MSNBC yesterday. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Whoa! Hold up, Democrats! <laughs> yeah, and the video of that, I don't know if you've seen the video of that particular clip, but... Uh, Andrea Mitchell's arms were crossed as she was as she was listening. You know, it was it was, and I don't know if they're talking about in a future cycle, twenty twenty four. I was a, I, I heard the clip, but there was really no explanation if they're talking about down the line. When are they referring to on that, uh, or just I'm, the idea that they're referring to it at all? Well, yeah, they, I mean, they definitely are. It's sure. not that far fetched <laughs> considering who's there now. <laughs> and a welcome into the show. Wake up, Mid Missouri. That's producer Hannah. How are Good you? Good morning. There's Mr. Brian Houseworth. Good to see you, sir. John Marsh is here. Taking the cinnamon challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's Stephanie Powell. Good morning. My name is Brandon Rathard. So those are, so this morning, bottom line, basically, uh, right now, uh, it's 49-48 in the Senate Republicans. So there's still three seats out there. Uh, The one is going to be Georgia. 
runoff is December the 6th. And again, these races, while we're paying so much attention to Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada, because it is the, it's, it's for control of the Senate, and that is important to us. Uh, Nevada Senate race, Arizona Senate race, and Georgia Senate race. Correct. All right. Uh, gubernatorial race in Arizona. That's the race with Kerry Lake. It's looking better than the Senate race even. I think most people are hopeful and, and think that she is going to pull it out. Welcome to the show. So what turned folks out locally? Nice story in the Jefferson City News Tribune. They spoke with some voters leaving the polls the other day. Joe Gam from the Jefferson City News Tribune uh, uh, speaking with folks. And several in his article, it was, I want them to legalize marijuana. Amendment 3, quoting uh, Amanda Bullmaster. Amendment 3 definitely was the big one that I wanted to make my voice heard on. That and Trudy Bush Valentine. Other folks, it's the tradition of voting. I want to make my voice heard. They quote somebody by the name of Jim Rathert, no relation. Uh, it's important for me to vote because that's what I've always done, maintaining personal tradition of voting. A lot of folks in other country, countries don't even have that opportunity. It's a good point. We always take for granted, man, we get to do this. We, a lot of places, you, that's right. you, it's like when you're a kid and your mom and dad tell you you're going to eat peas for dinner and you have no choice. That's what it's like in other countries. Well, and it was 49.4% uh, in Boone County and Jay Ashcroft's calculation. I think it was going to end up in the lower 50s. Um, but, you know, something we touched on, Brandon, the other 50%, where were they? I mean, yeah. I, I just can't imagine anything more, regardless of what political side you're on, that they wouldn't take the time to do it. It didn't take that long. Here's what I'll, and by the way, Jay Ashcroft hanging out with our news partners, ABC 17, yesterday talking about low voter turnout in the state. People are saying, you know what? It's already decided. I've already made done what I could in the primary. It's locked in because I'm in a blue district or I'm in a red state. And I think that that probably has contributed to people not participating. I wish there was a way, like we could go, so 50, what was it in uh, in Cole County? Was it right at 50, Marsh? Just a little, right around there, yeah. Right it's around kind of 50. kind of tracked right along with the state. Boone County, 40, 49.4. 49%. So basically half of the voters just in Cole, and I don't know what the Callaway County numbers are, I haven't seen Monotaw, Randolph, Howard counties, I haven't seen any of those, but 50% of the folks not turning out to vote. I would love to go to those folks who didn't turn out to vote and just ask them, hey, uh, why didn't you vote yesterday? Uh, were you busy? Did you have an upset tummy? Uh, did you think, oh, we got this. It's Missouri. It's a red state. Why did you not get out and vote? I wonder, and I have no idea what kind of answers we would get because I've tried to think, I've always voted. I, I've never had mm -hmm. an excuse sufficient enough for me to not go and vote. And you had two weeks uh, of no excuse absentee voting, and I used that. I took advantage of that, and it was very helpful, and I, I appreciate that. The clip that you played there from Channel 17, and I'm not critical of Mr. Ashcroft. He's simply quoting what voters have told him. Whoever told him that is wrong, is absolutely wrong. It doesn't, I mean, I just mentioned New York flipped four um, very Democratic congressional districts. And in Missouri, Stephanie touched on this. The Republicans unseated Mark Ellibrocht in one of the most blue areas in the state. And, and that's huge. And the Republicans ousted Craig Fischel in, in Ruby Red Springfield. So whoever's telling Ashcroft that these voters, they're absolutely wrong. What happened in Springfield, probably in the state, that's the thing that really is like, wow. Because I don't know if you've ever spent any time in Greene County, Missouri. Yeah. Man, it's Marjorie Taylor Red in Springfield, Missouri. And now they have three Democratic state representatives in Springfield. That is, Kristen, they're all female, yeah. they're all young. 
that's a big deal for the for the Missouri Democratic Party, and uh, it's never happened before. They usually have had one. They have one blue district. Now they have three. I wonder if, what in your mind, what is it that people don't get out and vote? Is it like something came up that day, family emergency? I just have no, I was going to do it later in the day, but the kid got a tummy ache, had to take him to the children's hospital or something like that. I think oversimplifying it, perhaps, we're talking 50% of the people may just not care. (laughs) <laughs> or the or the angle that you hear from people, ah, it it's all it's all rigged. It'd make a difference if I go to the polls. We get that plenty. I think lots of people think that their you know one single vote doesn't matter. Roy Lovelady, Carl Scala, uh, so it could be that. What what do you think it is? Eight seven four ninety three ninety. And uh, John, to your point about well, people just they just don't or they don't care. But I'm like, you cared enough to go and register, which to me, is more time-consuming and more difficult than actually voting. That's a good point. You know? So you've you've registered. Why do you not... Why did you not go to the poll and vote? Not to chastise anybody. I'm just... I'm curious and would love to hear any ideas that you have. 874 this morning. Scott Fong, Missouri Times. And this week in Missouri Politics, host that TV show. He's joining us. Uh, who might be the next attorney general in Missouri? Maybe he's got some ideas on folks when they don't go out and vote. How come? Meanwhile, five minutes from now, Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. What's underneath the circus tent? Uh, that the Russians are at the present moment. Uh, willing to engage in good faith negotiations. Well, that's because State Department spokesperson Ned Price hasn't heard Stephanie Bell's report here in the Daily DC Rundown. Russia this morning might be a little bit more inclined to want to go, hey, maybe we should do this differently. That's getting us into today's Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. Well, Ukraine says it's open to peace talks. Uh, Russia has announced a retreat from a southern Ukraine capital that was seized very early in the war. Apparently, um, they're reporting as many as 40,000 Ukrainian civilians and over 100,000 Russian soldiers have been killed. Um, Zelensky is saying he's open to peace talks, uh, especially based on this retreat. Um, But Zelensky still, you know, has to be concerned because Putin doesn't play checkers. He plays chess. And that's what Zelensky's saying. He's saying, hey, maybe this whole retreat is is, is actually to lure us into a different location so that way Russia can take a strategic advantage. And so... Zelensky's like, I'll believe it when I see it, and I'm willing to talk to you, but I'm I'm, I'm not fully buying this whole retreat thing yet. So we'll see. Uh, he says, I'm not going to be duped, and I still do uh, applaud. I was speaking with a couple of Ukrainians Sunday. One of them, his name is Vlad, and he's been featured in a series of stories in the Columbia Daily Tribune and the Columbia Missourian, but talking about what's going on there and the resolve of the of the people. Think what, whatever you want about the Ukraine government of the past, but the people, the people. Just regular folks, just like us, that live there and what they're being, uh, what they've been dealing with, and their resolve. I mean, because we thought it was going to be short for two reasons: either Russia would go in and do something, and ha, we made our point, we'll back out, or that they were just going to clobber. Remember, they were yeah, clobber yeah. Ukraine. With there were lots of people saying it would be six weeks yeah. and over, and here we are, nine months later. Right. It, well, but Biden is less worried, I guess, about the people of Ukraine, and more worried about Hannah's favorite person, Brittany Griner. Uh, oh God! And apparently yesterday was saying, well, now that the midterm elections are over, maybe we can get Brittany Griner back. Well, That's priority does, number two. On why the does list? Putin care about our midterm? Like, I don't understand why that would make it any, uh, you know, any more likely. Um, of course, she lost her appeal in a Russian court. She's been moved to some sort of uh, penal colony. Um, and Biden's like, let's get her back now. Well, even KJP yesterday morning at like five o'clock our time 
was tweeting about Brittany Griner. I'm like, it's the morning after an election and you're tweeting about Brittany Griner? Is that on Joe's to-do list when he wakes up in the morning, he's eating his rice pudding for breakfast, uh, try to win the election, and then free Brittany Griner? Is that... It has to be. One and two. And it's on no one else's radar at this point. Um, on my radar is that Biden's taking an international trip. Apparently, he's trying to get a meeting with Xi Jinping. You have no right to complain. <laughs> People like to twist that around. I know. They say, they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote... And you elect dishonest, incompetent people, and they get into office and screw everything up. Well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day, I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. I think there's two reactions right now. Folks are angry. I disagree with George Carlin. Or they're laughing because there's some truth to that, maybe. If you, if you voted for these people in office, then yeah, you are to blame, John. It's your fault. Yeah, this is America. My take on that is... Uh, even if you didn't vote, feel free to complain. This is America. Yeah, just complain. You have that right. <laughs> you could do whatever you want. I'm a libertarian, uh, and if I don't vote, I'm still going to complain because I'm a libertarian. I can do what I want. Uh, but try, well, folks who don't get out and vote, Jay Ashcroft telling us yesterday, like 50%, 50% roughly voter turnout in Missouri, and that holds true in mid-Missouri, Cole, Boone counties, right, both about 50% and as much. And I'll go back even to the uh, uh, the primary in August. Everybody talked the number one race in Missouri in that August primary. That Senate race. Yeah. If more people, I mean, the, the outcome could have significantly changed if more people would have shown up. And I don't recall what the voter turnout in the state of Missouri was, but I remember it was uh, it was below 25 percent in Boone County. I think in Cole County, was it about a quarter of uh, registered voters showed up? I was thinking it was right around 30, 30. or a little, 30 or 35 percent, what sticks in my mind. And I mean, Schmidt ran away with it. And I think part of, I mean, most of his, uh, he had tons of people on the ground knocking doors and, and and, and, you know, conferring with voters. And that's how he, he, he I heard, what was the percentage? It was like 15, 18. It was a huge. But that was, I think, part of his strategy was, hey, if I just turn my people out to the polls and make sure they vote, you know, and I think that's how he ended up with such a high percentage. I think, you know, no one else kind of had that that number of volunteers and that significant of a ground game. So he, he used it to his advantage. But certainly, you know, what what was our percentage turnout? 30-something? 30 percent yeah, in Cole terrible. County in the, in the primary in August. And Boone County, I think, maybe 25 percent. But everybody, everybody was talking about the, the Greitens. Everybody in your circle. Exactly right. You're the exactly people on the golf course. Yeah. Or like par busy parents at swim lessons. I don't know. I mean, for you and I, it is all consuming. For other people, I mean, there are a lot of people who this weekend is their Super Bowl, right? Because it's deer season weekend, right? Wow. Um, and, and, you know, if you ask me, I, I do. I have a brother who hunts and a dad who sometimes hunts. Um, so I know when it is. But if you ask me any questions or, you know, I would have no clue about all the things that need to be done for deer hunting, just like I'm sure there are people out there who don't care about elections.
But how many conservative Republicans were saying abortion is not going to be an issue in this election? And on Fox, more than once yesterday, you had Republican talking heads saying we misunderestimated the strength of the abortion issue. We know what the Democrats think about that. We know what we think. But that doesn't matter. We've already got us. We're in the same room. We're all getting the same echo. It's those people in the middle, the people that are trying to figure things out. Regretful Biden voters more than once yesterday on Fox are saying women turned out. It was the abortion issue. Hence them voting for Democrats. But a lot of Republicans, I think, didn't see that because to your point, I'm thinking everybody's talking about. You know, our our 2022 Senate primary because of the Greitens factor. And we've got one out of five voters showing up. I think it's the same thing with abortion. We think we didn't think it was that big of an issue because we're all surrounded by the same people. I think we think it's a big issue. I think for a lot of Republicans, they know. I, I mean, I think I, I think there are a lot of people who privately think it's a big issue but will not talk about it out loud and i think in missouri you have a lot of women a lot of conservative women who would like to see exceptions in the law for things like rape and incest but if they were in a room full of conservatives they would never say a bad word about any pro-life measure ever but in the ballot box i think for certain people it showed up 874-9390 great comments on why voter turnout is so low your text 874-9390 we have several of them but want to chat with brandon checking in lake of the ozarks this morning what's on your mind brandon hey brandon thank you for having me hey i just wanted to call uh delunk in pennsylvania died last month still gets 85 percent of the votes mm-hmm. i ran across that ran across a post on that on facebook and i i thought it was a babylon b ad or something so i went ahead and fact checked it myself read a new york post ad that uh new york post article about it that said that that uh, they, whoever whoever they, they talked to claims that, you know, yeah, everybody knew the guy was dead, but they voted for him because they didn't want a third-party candidate to win, and they also wanted to have a special runoff election. My opinion is if you're going to vote a, vote in a guy, Fetterman, that can't even finish a sentence, I think that you're probably just stupid and not know that the guy died. And you're just so stuck in your ways wanting to keep a Democrat in office that you vote for a guy that's not even alive. Brandon, hot take. Uh, I love it. Remember in Missouri, we elected a dead person to office several mm-hmm. years ago, Brandon. Mel your, Carnahan. Mel Carnahan. We elected a dead guy to uh, There were several dead people elected on Tuesday. I don't know. the. F- I know there were at least two. Um, but I think in, in local races, there are a few as well. There were there have been articles about the list of dead people elected. We had a dead guy elected to the White House in 2020. 87493. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so why people didn't go, get, uh, get out and vote? 50% mid-Missouri, uh, 50% of the state of Missouri turning out to vote. So the other 50% that people that are already registered to vote, I th- it's more difficult. It's, it's more of a task to register to vote than to vote but not really because no. you only like i mean that's sheree reich's whole point is once you register they never take you off the rolls so even get, when you die even when you die um <laughs> and move. so i mean you know if you ask me when i registered to vote maybe i was i have no idea like i was you know it was five minutes of my time 20 years ago or whenever you know a lot of people are on college campuses they throw the registration in your face you say yep i'll do that they mail it in you get your voter card and then you're registered for life so you know there are a a lot of people out there who probably got 
I wouldn't say bullied, but got convinced to register to vote who really don't have a lot of interest in elections and who probably have, have not voted consistently ever. One of those voting, sign up the voter campaign, rock the vote campaign. Oh, well, yeah, yeah I'm going to go register and all these kids get together because all the other cool kids are doing it. We go and register and then give them a free slice of pizza to register. And then nothing. Uh, why Why didn't people get out and vote? One of our listeners says her husband said she had to encourage him to get out and vote. His response, my one vote doesn't matter. Uh, Roy Lovelady, Carl Scala. Well, another one of our listeners, Stephen, said I had, I had to work an 18-hour shift. I was not able to vote on Tuesday. I think there's laws that have to do with uh, your workplace has to let you go vote. Yeah, Section 115639 of the Revised Statutes of Missouri say you get three hours off work to vote and that if your employer interferes, it's a Class 4 election offense. Of course, you have to make a request, and there are other things. Uh, you should read this section again. It's 115639, but essentially, if you have a job, and you request and say, hey, I need, you know, an hour or two or three off to vote. You're, you, I talked to some friends the it. other day. Oh, you friends did? Friends the other day whose take on it was that they had really good tea times, a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were serious. They were serious about it. Uh. I did. I have heard, and, you know, not that we, I think our elections went really smoothly Tuesday, but I have heard, especially in the cities, folks who did try to do the no excuse absentee balloting, because oftentimes there was only one, like in Ashland, there was one library, Centralia, same thing, which doesn't matter if you're in Ashland. It does matter if you're somewhere like in St. Louis, and there's only one or two places. And so I did hear for no excuse absentee absentee, particularly on the Saturday and Sunday before the election, that the lines were really long and people were walking away. And actually, for some people, the lines were shorter on election day than the no excuse. So I think that's something as we that was the first time we had ever done that. So I think we want to look at that going forward to make sure that, you know, we've got enough places that people aren't because I, I feel like if I if I sh I know I would wait an hour in line, but I, there are a lot of people in my life who would not. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the other thing that I have found interesting, and even in uh, a great story in the Jefferson City News Tribune, Joe Gam did, talking to people after they voted, what is it that brought you to the polls? And they quote some of the voters to say, man, I'm really pleased to turn out Tuesday here. Steph and John and I were taking all these texts and calls. Man, turnout is huge. I've never seen it like this, especially for a midterm. And that's 50% turnout. And we're going, man, which what would happen if even 75% of registered voters showed up? What would be... What would that be like? 874-9390. Uh, Alan says it's not the abortion issue. It was Trump. And I'll tell you, you're not the only one saying that, Alan. James Carville, obviously, he could say that. Uh, on Fox, uh, you had Kaylee McEnany saying, Trump, please, please don't uh, do not do this. Don't announce a presidential uh, run. Mark Thiessen, who was the only guy from the Washington Post that defended Trump for several years while he was in office, he was on Fox saying yesterday saying a couple of things. Number one, it was election denial, and it is the whole Trump thing. Don't misunderstand me. Hannah, did I ever tell you the story about... About 2015. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Good <laughs> lord. Uh, because I, it, we uh, people. Well, just so you know, I'm not an ever Trumper, but um, but as somebody who's a big proponent of Trump's policies, um, it's just not good anymore. James Carville. What did he think? Well, how come this big red wave that everybody was talking about, how come it didn't happen? If you put everything in a computer, we should have lost 57 seats. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Four or five Senate seats. Now, when he says we should have lost 57 Senate seats, he's we is the Democrats. The reason is really Donald Trump. 
I mean, he bought people out to vote against this. Um, it, it, you know, it, 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 it just it had a suppressive effect. He, he, he out-trumped inflation. He out-trumped crime. He out-trumped the, the normal cycle of the first off-year election with an incumbent president. I mean, it, it, I think when political historians unearth this, they're going to find so much more that, that we missed this morning. So, in other words, Trump, uh, Trump found it... But Trump, the idea of Trump, Trump, the idea of the economy. And I don't know if I go for that either. I don't know that it was Trump's fault. I do think it is our own fault. I think we did this to ourselves. Um, I don't know if we <laughs> if we have time for this now, but I do think we did this for, to ourselves. And I think but I wouldn't blame it entirely on Trump. But I think it comes back to something that Caleb Rowden said almost two years ago. Yeah. I think that's where where we're going with this. And he said education 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 and he said we have to talk about the issues and so i think you know when we blame the people of pennsylvania and we say i can't believe you voted for fetterman oh my gosh he's he's so stupid he's at half capacity i mean there we're not talking about why you should vote for oz you know why because we don't know why you should vote for oz because he's not a very good candidate and so we, we 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 lost sight of telling people why to vote for our candidate and we just talked about well that guy is stupid and he's ugly and he has a hunchback and whatever and we stopped talking about the issues and i think you know, going back, if I'm a, if I'm in Pennsylvania, I will vote for a half capacity Missourian all day long before I will vote for someone from Kansas for the Missouri Senate seat. And we forget that Dr. Oz wasn't even from Pennsylvania. And so, I mean, the issues there, I mean, we, we lost sight of the issues in that race. And I think we did it to ourselves. And I think if Trump gets back on the ballot, we're going to be talking about personality, character. We're going to get away from issues. Or we're going to be stuck in the past and, and, and we'll lose again like we did on Tuesday. I think Trump. And Republicans picking bad candidates. It was bad. Herschel Walker, Sarah Palin. <laughs> but it's been affecting me for years, and it's getting more and more obvious. And I, I know I'm stumbling around on stage, and now I'm having a little trouble balancing even in front of the microphone. And mm -hmm. so I just feel very uncomfortable. And I, I just want people to know that's why I look like I do if they're wondering. And uh, I don't want to appear like some whiny celebrity. It's got some. It's not going to kill me. It's not deadly, but it, it is related, to like muscular dystrophy and Parkinson's disease. But it's not fatal. It's just going to disable me eventually. But that's Alan Jackson, country music legend. So, like when I when I used to work country music back in the day. Yikes! I, I, know, I, I know that was that was my wheelhouse. I just I still cannot see it. I can't see you doing country music radio. Or Top 40 radio. Yeah. I just don't see it. That's funny because there's a lot of people right now that don't see me doing talk radio either. Touche. <laughs> 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 oh, Jack, so he was in my wheelhouse back in the uh, mid-90s, man. Back in the 90s, it was country. It was Alan Jackson, Tim McGraw. It was Faith Hill. Garth Brooks made country music what it is. Uh, you had all these, uh, all these great country artists. So I was really pleased to hear that he was awarded with a CMA Lifetime Achievement Award. He'd been married for 42 years. This kid, little kid, Alan Jackson. Saw a movie about Hank Williams. Said, man, I want to do that. Dude packs up his stuff. Said, Mom, Dad, I'm moving to Nashville. 
And he shows up to Nashville, and he's got absolutely nothing. It's, it's pretty common with a lot of these success stories, but he uh, he gets there. And, of course, as they say, uh, the rest is history. He's 64 years old. And what's really cool, because he's well, like just a genuinely nice guy. Everybody likes the guy. They love his music. He was recently diagnosed with a, a neurological degenerative disease. And that's what you kind of heard him talking about there. He says, because he's had it for a while, but didn't want to say anything because, you know, I don't want to go. I don't want people to, oh, my God, I got cancer. Give me love on social media. And tell me how much you're going to miss me when I'm going to die and all this stuff. He says, I don't want to do that. It's just something I deal with in my life. But he says the one reason, did you hear the reason why he wanted to let people know that he's got this neurological disorder? Because his appearance on stage sometimes when he stumbles around and stuff because of his neurological disorder, he didn't want people to think that he was drunk or on drugs. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's a real straight shooter. He's he's a real straight shooter, really good guy. Cool to see Alan Jackson getting honored with that award last night. I think the other thing that is really cool, one of the things that we are excited about, something we've been doing for a, for a while now here at 93.9, the Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950, our holiday wish. This holiday season, usually it's a time of joy and celebrations, but a lot of folks, it's not fun. I know this from being a poor kid in South St. Louis. Christmas wasn't always what it was always cracked up to be for the other kids. That's why we're trying to help. We've teamed up with Hibbit Sports Love Columbia and Common Ground Coffee in Jefferson City to help Mid-Mo have a happier holiday season. So if you know someone, hey, you know, these folks, maybe you could do something for them. Um, Just tell us what's going on and how we can help. So the first thing you want to do, if you know somebody, you think, yeah, I'd like to see if the crew, see if you guys can help. Go to our website, 93.9theeagle.com. You can also go to kwos.com and you'll